Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain, where each episode we'll sit down with entrepreneurs, investors, and industry veterans to discuss innovation, technology, and the most exciting opportunities in trucking and logistics as we build the future of supply chain together. Be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Now, let's get into the show. Here's our host, Santosh Senkar. Hey, ladies and gents, welcome back to the Future Supply Chain Podcast. I'm your host, Santosh Sankar, and joining me today is Ryan Yost, VP and GM of the Printer Solutions Division at Avery Dennison. Welcome, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Santosh. Yeah, great to have you on. And uh, like I, I asked all of our guests, uh, I'd love to hear how you got into this world of RFID and supply chain tracking. <laughs> Let me start by talking about how I got into supply chain. Probably tells you a little bit about myself, and then I'll then I'll also talk about my introduction to, into RFID. But first, in the world of supply chain, supply chain was pretty nebulous twenty plus years ago when I got into it, uh, and I really do like nebulous. So naturally, a pretty curious individual, um, and I happen to be at a university that was uh, one of three schools that offered supply chain as a degree, and uh, at the time they were touting one hundred percent job placement. So. Sounded like the place to be. It was nebulous and there was jobs to be had. So I ended up in in, in supply chain from, from that perspective. Um, and then as supply chains morph, you know, how, how did I get into RFID? Um, I think those in supply chain, and I'm sure many of your uh, listeners can uh, relate to this, is we typically don't see things in silos. So for 20 plus years, I've been thinking about supply chains and the linkages. And RFID was just the technology. Um, that facilitated visibility across across supply chain. So, was have always been curious around how information can be exchanged between parties to make supply chains more more competitive. So, it's a little bit of how I got into supply chain, and then my interest in RFID as a technology. So, kind of shifting a, a little bit to to Avery Dennison, you know, um, that's a brand I, I grew up with. I, I remember, you know, my dad buying. Uh, a lot of the consumer products, but there's also a substantial commercial side of the business that uh, you lead. Would would love to learn more about that. Sure. So I'll start off by uh, talking what Avery Dennison uh, doesn't do, because sometimes there's always some confusion. So the, the the part of the business that you grew up with, the Avery Dennison, where you would go into your local uh, a retailer and buy binders and highlighters for for either your, yourself or your children. Uh, that business was sold uh, seven seven years ago, seven plus years ago. So you will still find the Avery brand uh, on binders and highlighters, but it is no longer owned by Avery Avery Dennison. So there, there's a fun fact for for listeners. <laughs> so what is Avery Dennison then? So at the end of the day, we're a material science company. Company. So we have a large portion of our business in labels, but really what we are is an identity business. So putting physical identities and digital identities, more and more digital identities onto products um, to, to either create a brand image or, or allow products to move you know, more seamlessly through the supply chain. And just, just to help, I'll give a couple examples so it's less less abstract and maybe helps the listeners of saying, I didn't know Avery Dennison did that. So I think the, the first for the soccer fans or uh, football fans uh, that, are, that are listeners, uh, we're the uh, decorator for all the Premier League jerseys. So everything you see on the outside of a Premier League jersey is a product offered by Avery Dennison. So that's where I talk about we put identities on product. That's about all about branding mm. on on garments. Same as your if you're a golf fan and you're wearing a golf polo, the Nike swoosh or the Under Armour logo or the Adidas or Puma. Um, most 
most likely that's also an Avery Dennison product that's been put on that performance fabric. The beautiful label on your on your favorite wine is most likely an Avery product. And as simple as the routing label that's getting products to your house, that's an Avery Dennison um, product. Um, so specifically the business I'm responsible for, and we'll weave that in in some of the discussions, is anything to do in the food market. So we're providing products that put pricing information. So if you think again, identities, both physical and digital, it's putting pricing information on product, expire information on product, um, digital identities on products. So to support uh, inventory visibility as more grocers look to, to service needs uh, online. And then in the fulfillment space, it's shipping labels, routing labels, SKU labels. Again, more of those products are having a digital element um, to facilitate and creating velocity to get product through the supply chain. So that's a little bit about who Avery Dennison is in terms of a branding and information company, and then specifically the role that I play inside of food and, and fulfillment. That's awesome. So kind of digging in here, I, I really want to hone in on the topic of RFID and uh, I think uh, across our listener base, uh, I it would be fair to assume that there's familiarity, but I'd love to just start off with, uh, with a primer and uh, get into the history of the technology and supply chain because it, you know, sure. it's been around for a while. The railroads adopted in the 90s. Walmart yeah. has been a classic case study from the early 2000s. We'd love to get the Ryan Yost take on it all. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I looked up the first RFID patent actually was in 1973. So it kind of speaks to uh, how long it's been around. In 1973, for those listeners that were in this industry, um, it's about the same time the barcode technology started to really um, gain traction and have mass mass adoption. So I think it was at the same time around how do you get information on product and allow it to 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 in, in, in the easiest way possible to see that product to make certain decisions of how, how to move it through a supply chain. So RFID has been around since 1973. I think always the thing has been the problems in the supply chain are, are um, not so dissimilar to what they were, you know, in the seventies, eighties and nineties. I think uh, the e-commerce is, is adding complexity, but so it's like supply chain visibility has always been a challenge in inventory accuracy. I think the RFID technology has been limited in adoption predominantly because of price, right? You needed a return on the investment. So while there was interest in the technology in the 90s when Walmart first started looking at it, then again in the early 2000s, a lot of individuals were um, watching to say it needs mass adoption to drive down um, prices. So it used to be around 50 cents for an inlayer, maybe even up to a dollar, but in my time from 50 cents. And now we're, you know, average selling price is getting closer to, to five cents. So you could, I think that speaks to, to the adoption curve that's happening. And um, I think as I look back just over the last 12 months, more than 30 billion RFID units have been produced. Um, so it used to be, you know, we went from a billion a year to 5 billion a year to 10 billion a year. And so I think over just looking back 12 months, it'll be more than 30 billion units um, produced with industry growth rates of north of 20% over the last three to four years. So I think as a technology, it's been around since, Clearly, the early 80s and the 90s, it actually started having a strong use case because it started creating an ROI um, over the last five or six years. And, and you know, are there certain environments or industry types that are best suited for adopting RFID today? Yeah, I I would say um, we see adoption happening across all industries. I think there's a couple themes that we see, and I think the the first is where industries or participants in an industry have clarity around 
the challenges of lack of inventory visibility. So where they can say, here's where there's a challenge. If I had more inventory visibility, I could do these other things. And we see those either industries like apparel, we're seeing mass adoption, but we're also seeing adoption in food and pharmaceutical and automotive. So we also see elements of others adopting, um, but it's typically uh, industry leaders looking at if I had inventory visibility, what what else could I do? And we see those are the areas that the that we're seeing more adoption start to happen. And um, I guess with that, you you mentioned this really interesting evolution of RFID. It's actually uh, a, a fairly old or uh, may I say mature technology, but only in the last fifteen years or so has it really come of age. And I'd be curious, you know, are, are there key features that have been developed in a broader RFID platform? Are there things that, you know, a, a buyer now uh, can understand will come with an RFID purchase that perhaps wasn't existent 25, 30 years ago? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hit on a couple. I think the number one, and I hit it before, is, is cost, right? The price points have come down. So the pro, you could start to generate an ROI. It was not what the technology didn't necessarily work before at this price. Did it generate enough return? And then it, that it made, you know, a, a, it was a good investment. But I think the other thing that's really accelerated is quality. Um, so the, the ROI for most RFID engagements is based around getting 99.7 or 99.9 visibility of the products across the supply chain. So I think quality being readability of, 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 of distance, of being able to read it from um, 20, 30, 40 feet away um, and not having duplicates. Those, I think, two areas are becoming almost table stakes in the RFID solution that you have to have high quality tags that uh, you can trust that you're going to get good readability and no duplicates so you can get the returns of having you know, 99.9 plus percent um, visibility. I think the other thing in terms of the maturity is um, RFID is becoming a true solution. So in that you have an inlay, a label, reader, software, they almost work together. So while I think the cost of the label started coming down, there were still challenges either on fixed reading infrastructure or software. So I think we've seen progress across all of those so you can really um, implement it across the supply chain. Um, and then I would say the final piece is the ability to adopt across the supply chain. There were elements in the past where it makes sense, but uh, I could really use it as a retail, but I need this to be applied at source. How will it be applied at source without driving significant cost of actually how how the labels being applied to the product, how that digital to physical identity is being created? So I think the features for me that have allowed the market to accelerate has been quality, the evolution of having a full solution of all three elements of the label, the reader, and the software, and then the final piece of actually being able to activate it across the supply chain. And you know, I'm going to come back to the um, the the questions and, and concepts around ROI. Uh, but I think our listeners would say the obvious benefit uh, using RFID is improved visibility. But uh, I I know you have a framework here that you actually expand on that. I would would love to uh, kind of un unpackage that if you would. Absolutely, yeah. I'll, I'll think. Almost all things start with visibility, and then you say, how do I use that visibility? So now that I have visibility of the goods across my supply chain, what do I do um, with it? So I think the first example, and then I'll kind of play on that is, um, and it's a practical one that we're seeing play out every single day in uh, apparel retail, 
with omnichannel, with the number of consumers buying online. So you're a retailer, you take a, either online or physical, you take an order online. Um, with the use of RFID technology today and having 100% visibility of where your products are, you can quickly work through, and there's obviously a software lo logic out there that does this for you, but you can quickly work through. I just took an order from Santosh. He has, he's interested in a, you know, a blue large shirt and here's where he lives. With RFID kind of being the enabler, I can now look and say, do I ship it from my store? Do I ship it from my DC? Do I ship it directly from my vendor or third-party warehouse? Do I have a local wholesaler that may already have it uh, uh, sitting near the customer, you know, to where my customer is sitting? Um, and I can quickly make that decision around how I want to fulfill that order um, better than, than I ever could before. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the role of, hey, it's not just I have visibility. It's how can I leverage? And I think that's how retail apparel is, or retail apparel, uh, is using it today is optimizing how I fulfill orders. So I think that's one around the critical piece around once you have visibility, I'll, I'll, that's kind of a retail apparel example. I think the other thing that visibility can do is it creates velocity and, and kind of what does that specifically mean in terms of velocity being, being speed. Um, and so we looked at it a couple of different examples. If you just think about um, the number of, of, of products moving both pallets and parcels today, you have trucks coming in and receiving and you have uh, warehouse workers taking stuff off trucks, putting it away and then building it for, for shipping. We're seeing um, warehouses use RFID today and something that you, they, they had to make a choice as a, as a, as a DC operator. When I had all my trucks come in the morning, I could really scan the pack list and then scan each pallet to ensure I received what was on the bill of lading. Mm -hmm. and that was a traditional way of doing it. We definitely know some of our customers would say, I don't always have the time for that. So sometimes I'll do a quick look. It said it's supposed to have 37 pallets. It, were, it was, I don't know if they're the right 37, but I counted 37. I'm just going to do a bulk, bulk receipt in. So the one thing with RFID is now it's coming through a doctor portal, RFID labeled. The receipt is actually a hundred percent accurate of what you've gotten and it's in you know seconds or minutes so we're seeing a substantial amount of uh, momentum as more of the supply chain was built around moving pallets through the supply chain now you start going through parcels and it's really important around the parcels that are on that pallet what do i really have because i'm going to start to fulfill orders from it so i think there's one where having visibility is creating velocity of speed of just moving um products through and then the other thing is not just speed about getting more through your your warehouse so that visibility um and the example that i would i would give is we've got a multiple customers now using it where they've tagged not just the product you've tagged the forklift you've tagged the product and you have um, a system that lets you know what's in inventory so as you're doing the uh, events you're optimizing based on where the truck is where the product is and where the forklift is um, I am giving instructions through a software to say, I want you to pick in this specific order to maximize the time. And, and I know you said we'll come back to the ROI, but in this area, we're seeing um, more than 5% more just get out on a load. So before, and I think in the day, in today's environment where trucking capacity is so critical, yep. we're seeing 5% just get more, you're able to load 5% more in the truck because you have uh, live visibility of what you're putting on and you're doing it 15 at a minimum 15% faster. Mm -hmm. So kind That's of in this huge. area of load optimization. So now that I have visibility of where not just my product is, where my forklifts are and what trailer and what needs to go at what time I've been able to optimize all that to just do things uh, 
both faster and ultimately getting more capacity through my existing DC. And you know the 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 one thing you are also alluding to is uh, because RFID almost provides this atomic unit of data. Uh, this data gets passed between different parties, but also different systems. Is that integration capability important these days as people consider deploying an RFID um, package? It, it absolutely is. And I think the wonderful thing that's happening within the software space is uh, these things called APIs, right? Where it used to be, oh, the integration, I have these packets of data. How do I digest them into my system? And I think that was my comment before. If I look at the RFID solution of seeing it, it's not just the uh, the the RFID labels and not just the hardware, the evolution of the software to be able to make these modular installs happen much faster than they've ever been able to, to happen. So absolutely, the, build, the ability to give and get information and digest that to use something has always been critical. And software has advanced to the point where that is that is typically no longer the, the long pole in the tent, if you will. Um, we're able to quickly uh, work between systems to both give and get information to help uh, decisions be made. Yep, yep. That certainly makes sense. And, uh, you know, as a customer's considering a deployment, are there other things they need to be mindful of? Infrastructure, tags? I think, and you'll always hear the common theme from me is, um, even if a customer comes to us, but general and open the settings, they'll talk about, I'm thinking about deploying RFID. And our first always question back is, hey, can, you, can we walk through what problem you're having um, first? because RFID is a type of technology that can solve certain problems, but um, RFID uh, deployments for the sake of RFID deployments can be, uh, uh, as you would imagine, and I'm sure your listeners understand, quite quite challenging. So we've definitely seen our fair share of individuals who have read something about RFID and who want to explore RFID. We do think there's a way to do that, but we've started with, there are real problems in your business today. Let's start with solving a problem. And we have, through our experience in the markets we participated, could typically direct them to, these are the areas that we've already proven the RFID technology can have a solid ROI. So instead of thinking about, let me learn about RFID technology, let's pick a problem that you're having, deploy RFID technology. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, that I've got a problem, I've solved it with RFID, and I've also learned the role of RFID could have in other categories. So our our number one consideration is always, let's be really clear on the problem that you're trying to solve and make sure the technology is the right technology. Sure, sure. That makes a ton of sense. So uh, booking back to, to ROI, ROI, ROI has been a theme since the start of the episode. Uh, is, is there a particular framework that, that you advocate? So if RFID is the right solution to solve a, such, uh, a certain problem, how do you walk somebody through how they should think about uh, profitability or, or return on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I would say our best practice is mo- we, we, try, we do try to work on scope so that the ROI, um, the return of the ROI is really focused on one and maybe worst case, two things having to happen for you to get that return on your investment. Um, So most of our ROIs today, I would say 80 plus percent of them have less than a year payback. Um, And it's because we've scoped it in a way and and there's high certainty that we're going to get there. So um, we've scoped it in the way that if we start to see that to get a ROI, you have to have five things happen on the savings front or growth front 
um, we start to scope it in a way that would say, hey, let's pick a different problem or let's tighten up the problem so you can see a faster ROI in the technology. So um, if you'd like, I could give a couple examples kind of in apparel, food and fulfillment of kind of those single you know, opportunities that generate the max ROI. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I think in the, the space of apparel, the number one lever that most retailers are looking at is sales lift, ju- just because of omni-channel, right? So as you look at omni-channel, being able to take an order in a store or online, um, the need for inventory accuracy to fulfill online orders um, has become a su- substantial, almost table stakes to get in. So we have clear line of sight and we can typically see in, in any pilot um, sales lift just by implementing um, RFID. And, and when you implement RFID, it's just because I know what I have and where I have it to better fulfill orders and then offer that to my customers. So most retail apparel, most retail apparel owners know they had inventory inaccuracy issues or accuracy issues. So they would not show all items to a customer. There would be rules around if I have less than five of any single SKU, I won't actually show that online because I'm not sure if I have it. And I'd, I'd prefer not to make a promise to my customer um, that I have something and then disappoint them. So by deploying RFID, you have more confidence that you can actually show to your customer online all products that you have. So within apparel, I think the ROI is um, almost 100% around let's evaluate sales lift and we go category by category. In food, it's really been one of two things. It's time associated with inventory management. So the basic example is if you go into a grocery store and you look at about the amount of time an apparel clerk is reviewing expiration, right? Go to the cheese aisle, the yogurt aisle, the meat aisle. Someone there every day is looking at the package to see what's expired, what's about to expire to make a make a decision. So just purely reducing time, specifically in COVID where labor has been a challenge to find, just reducing time of doing inventory counts. Um, and then the same thing is happening with sales lift as more grocery goes online. And it was two to three points. And now we're seeing because of COVID, it's up to 30 percentage points. So grocers are now saying, I have to have the same level of inventory accuracy to make promises of growth to, of grocery items to my, to my consumers. Um, and then the, the, uh, other category I would say is in the logistics space. I kind of talked about this before, but most of the ROI has been tied around load load optimization, getting more on the truck and faster faster loading. Um, those two seem to have clear ROI. And then the other one is those facilities doing any last mile fulfillment um, by deploying RFID and having visibility of moving products through your supply chain for last mile fulfillment. Um, we've seen conservatively a 50% improvement of just getting more parcels through a facility um, by deploying RFID. So yep. they could kind of across the peril food and fulfillment, you see all the ROIs are but different, but you won't see all uh, these five things need to happen. We really try to hone in around well, what category are you having the largest issue and let's fix that one first and then slowly deploy um, the technology throughout the, throughout your supply chain in, in additional categories. Yep. Yep. And, you know, you, you mentioned this concept of stepping back and understanding the problem uh, before jumping to a solution, which I certainly appreciate. I, I know a lot of our founders would as well. Um, what are the emerging technologies that one can compare and contrast with RFID? And, and where do you see all that uh, shaping sure. up in a landscape? Sure. I think the most uh, 
the, the first one I would hit on is, is barcodes, right? Like they would say just not the, the traditional barcode, the QR code. You can now store more information in the QR co code and they're more readable. So I think um, QR codes is definitely a technology that uh, we're still, we still support and we still commercialize depending on, on the use case. Um, I think probably the one that's emerging the fastest and, and most of your listeners will be reading something about is vision systems. So they've been around for some time and large logistics providers to do a vision of capturing barcodes at high speed. But now we're seeing that in, in grocers of using it as a way to do inventory accuracy. So you've got um, vision systems that are continuing to emerge. You've got weights, right? How can I use weight systems to understand, to do a correlation if I've got this much weight that I can make an assumption of I've got this much product, again, to help with inventory visibility. And then the other one I would just say with Industry 4.0, the amount of sensing and IoT kind of devices, and we're in the device world where you don't necessarily need to physically um, put an identity onto a product, but I can use it a device that says on this at this point, I, I printed a label that was going to go onto this product. So I know exactly what I had at this time, the kind of who, what, when, and where. So I think just um, IoT devices and the amount of information they're capturing is another technology they would say it is bringing more visibility to the supply chain. So from barcodes or specifically QR, vision systems, weights, kind of sensing space in general, I would say those are all the emerging technologies um, that when overlapped with RFID can, can make an even better solution. And sometimes you just use one of the technologies, but we're seeing more often it's not a one size fits all depending on the category of the use case. It could be a blend, blend mm. of technologies as well. And uh, does the underlying software, you know, uh, exhibit any differences or require any uh, meaningful adjustments as you bring together different types of complementary sensing technologies? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think um, I, I would answer that back. Yes, I think with RFID, you start to get to unique uh, serial numbers. So the best way I can explain it for someone that uh, um, maybe not have a lot of experience in the space is it's um, like our social security numbers here in the U.S. Because I know your social security number, I know where they were born, their birthday, a lot about them. Well, that's a lot of information I have to hold. And then I need to be able to use the cloud to be able to kind of give and take that. So I think the software requirements for RFID, because the amount of information uh, are emerging, I think we're seeing a lot more cloud computing and data harvesting so I can do something with that information versus a traditional barcode. I don't have enough. I don't have all that information to do some of the heavy lifts around computing to do um, potential some machine learning to do predictive analysis. So I think the vision and RFID, those systems are starting to capture information at a level where I can do more, have more predictive type decisions be made um, where it doesn't necessarily need a user. And so the software has to develop with it. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. And w what have you seen, you know, for the balance of 2020, has there been a change in demand for RFID or, or similar solutions as supply chains have come under increasing stress and scrutiny? Yeah, I, I think anyone who's in the supply chain field seems to be right now aggressively either implementing technology, including RFID, or at least heavily evaluating it. Um, there's just one, I'll, I'm not a, a big quote guy, but I would give one because it just came across today. It's a, a warehousing vision study. It said 61% of warehouse operators said they will augment people with technologies and more than three quarters or 77% of decisions makers agree they need to moder modernize operations across the warehouse to, to remain competitive 
in the on-demand economy. So I think you could speak to, I think that shares with almost two thirds to three quarters of, of, of executives in the distribution space are saying, hey, COVID has pointed out problems in my supply chain that I think are gonna be relevant go, go, going forward, either uh, labor shortages or volume complexities of how volume's coming in. I think the biggest one I talk with is I used to distribute pallets, now I distribute parcels. Um, so one one widget moving through my factory is now forty. That's caused me, you know, a majority of all significant problems. How do I use technology um, to facilitate that? So I think the short answer is I think both this year and then maybe it was already a trend and then exacerbated by um, the the global pandemic. We're seeing a lot more um, dialogue around the need for technology. I think a, a couple of the examples I would give is um, I think we probably all recall the shortage of toilet paper, right? And everyone's talked about, well, if we just had technology that showed visibility of how much we had and where it was at, there wouldn't have been a rush of hoarding that caused a lot of <laughs> you know, supply chain shortages that happened. So I think it's a really practical example of, of just if we had visibility that could be shared across the supply chain, um, how, more, how, how much more efficient could we have been with the use of our resources? Um, in the same example I, I've used with some... Uh, uh, in another discussion was um, if you look at this new term called last mile fulfillment that we're all in um, historically, if you were buying a box of, you know, just five years ago, maybe you're going to buy a box of cereal or a t-shirt. Um, you were the last mile fulfillment. You drove your car to the store, you shopped and said, it's either this cereal or this t-shirt you went and checked out and then you drove it home. So you were the warehouse worker in terms of picking it. And then you were the logistics driver driving it to your house. Well, now during COVID, almost 70% of that demand that was bought in stores now online for that short period of time. So that's that pallets, the parcel. So tech is required, right? 70% of the cost is still in that last mile fulfillment. It used to be funded by the consumer kind of doing their own picking and moving. And now supply chains have to think about as consumers get comfortable with buying things online and having it delivered to my house, how do I use technology? Um, and I think that that's why I wasn't surprised when I read the study around how many executives are thinking through how how can we adapt, implement technology to create visibility so these shortages go away, or also just the amount of velocity coming through my supply chain. I've got to have technology um, to be able to to adapt to that to be able to compete going forward. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome, Ryan. Hey, it's been uh, it's been a great episode here. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and. And sharing all of your perspective around RFID. But uh, with that, hope to uh, have you on here in the near future once again. Appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and tell us what you liked. And be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Until next time.